Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to No Rights or Wrongs. I'm here with myself, Tudor, and this is... Yo soy Sarvesh. All right, Sarvesh. So, in looking um, for things to talk about, we came across this interesting ABC News article. Bro, we now, went from like a travel channel to a news channel. <laughs> we do it just, all. We do it all here. Sure. Whatever piques our interest. Yeah. But anyways, Rochester, New York, Rochester school officials are investigating allegations that a white teacher told his class of mostly black students to pick seeds out of cotton and put on handcuffs during lessons on slavery in seventh grade social studies class. Wait, look, wait I, I, actually, this just hit me. Is Rochester actually that diverse where the classroom is mostly black students? Because what I don't know what Rochester's in like the middle of New York. Yeah. Granted, anything is possible and anyone can live anywhere. I don't really care, but I just mm -hmm. the, I don't know. That, that was just not a Rochester problem that I would expect. You know what I mean? Where yeah. like a white teacher is telling a bunch of his black students to like reenact like slavery. I mean. I don't know. The professors either got to be or teachers. It's got to be like either racist or stupid, don't you think? Like I, I don't know how. Yeah. In, and honestly, even oh. if you were racist, how could you like how how did you come up with that? Just do something more sly. Jesus Christ, that is so bad. Yeah. Okay. It gets it gets worse. Oh my God. Christ, how does this get worse? Trust and. Vialma's, Vialma Ramos O'Neill, who is uh, Jameer's mother, said the teacher let white children refuse to take part in the cotton picking while not letting kids of color opt out. <laughs> no way, no, this is a movie, bro. I immediately was like, oh, oh I'm not doing that, Sam Morris's daughter, Janasia Brown. And then he was like, do it. It's for a good grade. <laughs> No, bro, we should not laugh. This is terrible. Bro, this is this is awful. This is so bad. First of all, wait, this idiot got fired, right? He is on leave. Put, he, a teacher has been put on leave while the school system investigates allegations. I mean, there's not a whole lot of investigating that needs to be done, is there? <laughs> I mean, bro, that's a bad look. I, I always try to look at both sides of the story, right? This it's, it's I, got, I cannot hear, brother. There's, there's like I don't know. There's the truth, and then there's his side. So, it's like, even, like I'm trying to figure out how to play devil's advocate on this, bro. We'll look like we're racist if we even like attempt to. There's nothing right about like I don't know. Sometimes with these race, um, what's it called? These racial is issues, we sh we shouldn't pretend. We all say some like not like racist stuff on purpose but just out of like mm. ignorance, you know what i mean like that'll happen that's okay. like, especially like look if i'm talking about i don't know perhaps countries in africa asia or like australia that continent i don't know any like i don't know other than india i don't know many asians right or maybe mm. korea because of our town i don't know many people from africa i don't know many people from australia and that so i'm just gonna say some like ignorant stuff we can get past that we, we all do we learn from it that's fine Hmm. bro this is like i don't know 
You know how they say actions are stronger than words? He just said damn straight. And then he just wanted to <laughs> bro. That was so bad. Oh, so my bad. God. How? I have so many questions. I don't know. What's oh, the wow. HR like at the school? Mm. How did this guy get a job? That's my, like, you know what it is? with When someone does something like that, you can pick up a vibe pretty quick. Right, uh, like I, I, I have to be a little off key. I don't, I don't, I can't, I, I don't know. I can't speak, I can't speak for that because I don't, I don't know if I've ever met someone like that or I don't know. Is my, my experience with, with low key racist people has been mostly from other like immigrants, right? Because, yeah. immigrants are a lot of them are like are low-key racist like oh 100% but also you can't completely blame them right so it's like Mm. let's say like okay so your family's from Romania Mm. people in Romania tend to only interact with other Romanians or people in that general area yeah not a lot of people from other countries are there India same thing Right. I, I'm telling you, my my if you if you look at my grandma or my grandparents, I don't think they've ever talked to a black person in their life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah, you're it's, naturally gonna have but look, doesn't make it right, but it's like mm, they're not like they're not doing that because they're bad people. They just happen to not know anyone that's black. Yeah, there's there's just no black people in Romania. Yeah, I just um, yeah. So what's it called? Um Snow White. Uh, Snow White, folks. Um, same goes for India, though. It's like, mm-hmm. um, a little more diverse than Romania, to be fair, but pretty much the same old, same old, right? So, uh, mm, see, I don't know because Romania has has the the gypsy population, and we treat them like second class citizens. So, <laughs> well, India has um, India has Muslims mm. in many parts of the country. There, it's the same. Even yeah. though the Muslim population is pretty damn big, I'm pretty sure it's just you know, it just that's how it rolls there. It's not, it's not right. But I mean, honestly though, the, I'll just say it, those some, those parts, some parts of like, especially in the Eastern Hemisphere, really backwards, mm. really really backwards. So you know, I mean, you you, you got to realize pretty much every country is more every other country is more racist than the U.S. I agree with that. Like, uh, except maybe like Canada or like, I wouldn't even say England. No, no, England's hella racist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, we, we tend to, especially, especially for Europe, a lot of like Americans tend to like romanticize Europe. Um, especially like, especially if you look at like liberal people generally. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the the a lot of them like to like to point out like different different things. Oh, like oh, like Europe does it better. Like or like so, so. And don't get me wrong; it's good to look at other places and see what they're doing right and try try to copy that or try to uh, implement that. But like, it's not perfect. No, yeah. Well, the reason, right? So especially I see these kids that study abroad. Mm. it'll be like oh i never want to leave mm. i'm like bruh give it a few more weeks because when i went to spain 
for the 10 days I was there, couldn't find a flaw. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I'm not going to pretend Spain isn't racist, right? But again, I'm brown, and there are a lot of brown people in Spain mm-hmm. just because it's bringing Spain. So for me, it wouldn't affect me, but I don't think it's as good for like probably for black people. They're just not, they're not a lot of black people in Spain. Right. So that's one thing to consider. But people are like, are like Asians. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not. Oh, yeah. You in, not, in, unless you're in like Barca or Madrid. Yeah, you're pretty much. Yeah. Dude, Asians in Europe have like, it, it's weird. Don't they get the most racially abused or is it black people? I don't know. Yeah, like it's, I feel like it's black people just because of the stereotype, right? Like a- Asian people generally tend to have a, a, like they're still stereotyped and like stare like kind of stared and maybe like side eyed at, but yeah. the stereotype with them tends to be more of like of like oh they're like I don't know like super smart and like at least from look, stereotypes that I've heard from my grandma like this is my grandma's like like just never never talking to an Asian Asian person like stereotype of them. It's smart, short, and like like very like extremely (laughs) polite. Dumb and tall, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that this the stereotype is maybe like it's not as negative. I'd say this. So the stairs are a little more like curious, like oh, they look weird type stuff. Uh, Not necessarily like. Yeah. Nah, but that's true. Also, but it's like my thing with that is I don't want to say I don't get it, but it's like when you logically think about it, right? Mm. If there's like less than a couple thousand Asians in your country, mm. naturally you're going to have to like generalize or stereotype because you're not actually having interactions with um, many. Yeah, you, you yeah. don't you don't know otherwise you and you want exactly yeah see and we've all done that until we've met people of that are different like it's not like Mm. what's it called it's just a for us it's different so in the u.s i lived in hillbilly new york for until i went to middle school and it was still pretty damn diverse considering i was like two hours away from manhattan right right you only have that in the u.s that's mm-hmm. canada's somewhat diverse but only in like what's it called uh, yeah like metropolitans going on tutor someone invading yeah yeah yo yo we got we got jesse jesse hello, hello. over here rolling in what up, jesse nice to meet you nice sir vash you. oh i've heard about you should I close this? Yep. Yep. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hold up. Um. Hold these and talk to Suresh for a second. Not a problem. Oh, My guy just dipped. What's up, bro? Hey, Suresh. What's up? Nothing much, bro. Just chilling. Study day today. So you know. Oh yeah. Rare for me, believe it or not. So. Are yeah. you? Uh, you're also a Stevens student. No, no, I'm uh Indiana University. Oh shit, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, hometown boys with tutors, so 
Oh, what is that? Uh, Fort Lee, is that right? No, 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 um, not for Lee from uh, Old Japan or Old Japan area. Well, cool. Yeah, he's a. Don't don't mind me. I'm just um, I'm just connecting my my audio. Oh yeah, for sure. Peter, really professional man, just leaving in the middle of the. (laughs) But he can't even hear me. That's funny. No, no, you're good. So yeah, Jesse, we were just talking about how uh, what's it called? America is like not racist at all compared. To, I mean, it, there's some racism, but it's not bad compared ah, to like Europe. That's true, and and uh, Asia too, of course. Is oh hell yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exceptionally, you know the the hate between the Vietnamese, the Koreans, and the Chinese and the Japanese. Is- I don't even think about that. That is it. Is it still like that? I. Uh, well, I've never been out of the country. I've never lived in Asia, but uh, if you go to the YouTube comment section. Of uh, historical videos, you can see uh, in the comments you'll see Chinese people saying, you know, Vietnamese dog, Korean dog, like, <laughs> like you'll see full-on uh, verbal race wars in the comments section. It's quite right. entertaining. To be fair, that's terrible. At least they're straight up, though. Jesus, they they just don't care. That's true. I mean, America's racism. Uh, I mean, it, it's a little more unique uh, in a hmm. way. First of all, we've got the historical pre- precedent with slavery, um, yeah. which is kind of separate than from racism. It's, I mean, it's similar, but it's, you know, it's more economical. Um, but of course, there's, you know, through history, there's been right. legislation and, and redlining and all sorts of stuff. But nowadays, it's watered down. You know, political, uh, you know, you know, people crying on the internet, basically, for the most part. Actually. Uh- yeah, one of one of the things I want to t- touch on that is mm-hmm. uh, um, there, there's there's a saying that like if you go too far in either extreme, whether left wing or right wing, you end up being exactly the same. Like I remember, I remember reading about um, like ultra liberal colleges calling for black only dorms as like safe spaces for, mm. for black people. But like, think about think about what that means uh-huh. for a second. Someone like extremely racist with like Jim Crow laws type stuff, and someone extremely liberal mm-hmm. person would come to the same con- conclusion of like separating by race. Yeah, that's weird. Well. You know, there is an argument to be made, not for racism, um, but some people would say uh, that, you know, especially the Black community has been historically in America, you know, pushed down. Mm. Uh, and so there's uh, policies in place today. Um, I don't have anything in front of me to vindicate what I'm saying, but, uh, you know, there is uh, in school uh, I believe it's referred to as affirmative action, where they'll give mm. extra points uh, to certain communities. And there's things where there's like, you know, black only scholarships and there's things like that. Um, meanwhile, you for Asians, it'll be the opposite where right. they'll, they'll all have amazing grades and they won't get in uh, to the schools they want because, I mean, you know, mm. who knows what the machinations going on behind the scenes are. But so it, it's interesting how race plays a role in in everything yeah i mean th- there's that lawsuit against uh harvard for exact for just that 
Hmm. I didn't know there was a lawsuit, but I definitely believe it. No, there's this full-on lawsuit. I I believe it was by uh, either like a like a Asian American population. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, completely like exact exactly for that because they were noticing that um, students of like different racial backgrounds would get in, even though they had like lower um, like comparative. Hmm. Um, scores are and just across the board yeah um so yeah and they're like very very much complaining that race plays a role in admittance which and but and uh by that logic you know certain races would get screwed like asian like asians Mm. yeah 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 the, the college thing's a whole different issue i mean i don't, I don't even know mm. issue. i mean we know what it is with colleges anyway but uh, you guys definitely made good points about just like it, it is definitely unique in america because in europe i feel like especially the more east you go it's just like mm. a cultural thing it's not even like no one's going to call you out for it it's just you know mm. like tutor can maybe attest to it but oh well, like in the u.s right if, if let's say i say something left field Mm-hmm. someone's gonna like a lot of people will get mad at that yeah. if I said the same thing like a stereotypical thing in I don't know Ukraine or like something east right. um, you know wouldn't be no one would care yeah. no yeah. you're right no, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example um, in Romania we have a gypsy population which, <laughs> oh yeah go on go on yeah I, I, I just said we, we treat them as like inferior almost like inferior they get and the um, the approximation i always give out is um i feel like gypsies in romania are treated almost like black people before the civil right movements hmm. um yeah so even even me growing up i heard a lot of like like if someone called you get a gypsy hmm. that that was an insult hmm. um then that was used like a like a derogatory ter- term. Like if you did something that you weren't supposed to, or that like made people mad, they'd be like, "Oh, yo, you gypsy!" Yeah, and like, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, gypsy is almost uh, universal in that uh, there's a lot of cultures that just absolutely hate gypsies. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I think that yeah, especially in those parts of the world, there's just there's just way too much history. It just never went away for them, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, there's for a lot of these countries historical precedent for uh, that lays a foundation for why they say the things they say and believe the things they they do. Uh, like the rape of Nanking uh, uh, by Japan towards China. I mean, I mean, there that was some of the most fucked up shit I've ever read about. I mean, if your ancestor was, you know taken and you know they would make uh necklaces out of the women's pubes and they would there's a there's a lot of graphic stuff i don't know so it's like yeah so there's you can almost forgive chinese people for still holding a grudge because Mm. i don't know people like people get mad all the time when you when people like what's it called especially bro like i think a lot of americans would still have some like ill ill feelings towards like especially like japan back then 
because mm-hmm. like yeah. we're like bombing Pearl because that's like a military base. So yeah, I mean, of course, we nuke them twice to get back at them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely even now <laughs> or yeah. some. So yeah, I think that kind of that kind of even even it out for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, apparently, mm. the first one didn't do it. So I guess not. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No. No. That's wild. I mean. It's kind of crazy that some of these wars actually did even it out. And that's, yeah. which is sad, but also it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, the thing with racism uh, is that, I mean, it's a, it's a very macro word uh, and it's thrown around a lot, but it's often mixed up. Uh, there's other variables at play that could be more than just racism. Like there's the tribalism aspect mm-hmm. where, you know, just people who are similar color, they're just going to, bond together just it's just genetic that's just how how it would go um but yeah as we've been saying you know there's even state sponsored stuff like i know that the chinese american relations have been Mm. pretty botched um you know ccp has their propaganda machine like no other um you know so there's there's a lot of hate thrown around out there yeah i mean i guess like some of it's definitely like media fueled. Some of it's just you know, yeah. yeah. Open up Twitter; it's a it's a war zone. So, well, I'm I have not seen it since uh, Elon bought it. I've never had a Twitter account, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've seen what comes of it. So I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen now. Yeah, speaking of Twitter, this is kind of a segue, but one thing that's been happening is as when Elon when Elon Musk took over mm-hmm. and they've been cracking down on bots a lot harder. Yeah. A lot of these uh, like LGBTQ like plus oh. um, accounts, they just lost like tens and like tens and like hundreds of thousands of followers, just like, just like that instantly. And they're even looking at like, I don't know, I, I think it was like CNN. Um, they were, look, they were saying, someone's saying like, oh, hey, look, they have like five point something million followers and their tweets get like 50 retweets. Hmm. Meanwhile, I, ha- I have like 10,000 followers and I get like a thousand retweets. You have a higher quality, more organic user base, like the real people. So but like, true, but like out of five million people, how do you only have 50 retweets? Yeah, uh, I, I would like Especially to Especially as news. Crazy. Yeah. News. Yeah. That gets retweeted a lot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, he's a technology guy. The bot issue isn't a big one for him. I don't think it's just LGBT accounts. I feel like a good amount of like extreme left, extreme right wing, po- like political mm. thing. Like those, th- like there's no way some of these stupid accounts have like half a million. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, a lot. Some of them do, and some of them are actually bots. And this, this is like kind of like a conspiracy theory behind it, whether it's true or not, is that people with an agenda get these bots to mm-hmm. give followers and like uh, certain content to push to, a narrative to put to push a narrative. And try, trying to convince everyone that we that everyone cares about that. Like imagine all those tweets that 
try to cancel someone. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I, I've seen a few of them where I'm like, I don't even care about what they did. Like, I don't think it's that bad. Mm-hmm. And they're getting destroyed on t- Twitter. What if a lot of that, a lot of that media, media pressure to get them fired comes from bots? Or just so, so one person with the means to create like a lot of bots to, and it's not that hard to create a lot of bots to tweet, to keep tweeting the same things, follow each other. Well, which is why the thing with Elon getting rid of these bots is is such a big move. Yeah. There's also going to be a lot of backlash over it. I've already seen, Mm. um, I know you mentioned LGBTQ, but I've just seen random verified accounts uh, right. just on reddit that'll that'll it'll just be a picture of their account they'll say i lost ten thousand followers mm-hmm. today at yeah. elon musk what's going on yeah so i mean and this is right after he uh got tesla to i mean uh, the twitter, twitter. Yeah. yeah well yeah, the, the theory the, the theory is that um the people behind this at twitter mm-hmm. or whoever's allowed either allowing it or like pushing it mm-hmm. are like mass deleting evidence mm-hmm. Although, again, this is, like, all the conspiracy theory behind it. Yeah, and there's the other side to what might be the backlash is that, uh, I mean, I'm not super sure of uh, Musk's political takes. Mm. Uh, I, I, I've seen a couple of his memes, and I assume uh, he's more uh, right of center than he is left of center. Mm. Um, and at the very least, uh, the things he tweet would would make me think that. So I know for a fact, uh, liberals and you know lefties right. are going to be especially concerned that someone like Musk uh, is taking over such a powerful communications platform like Twitter. That's probably scary to them. Yeah. So with me, it's like I don't swing either. I I hate politicians. I I don't like mm. politics. Um, but I, I do, one thing he did say, it's like freedom of speech will come back on Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. He's always been, whether you like him or not, the one, the one thing it's like that he will do good is just have a place where people can actually say what they want to say. Now, Hmm. I know someone's going to argue like, oh, someone could say some really messed up stuff. It's like, all right, so what? Yeah, that's all right. That's all right too, yeah. As long as they're not like, I'm going to kill someone. Yeah, of course. But I think as much as Musk says that, uh, he and he might be more liberal uh, with his, or not liberal, he, he'll he be less likely to censor someone, I think, mm-hmm. than, than Dorsey and whatever board was it had in the past. Um, but, you know, that being said, he's going to have to comply with European regulations, Middle Eastern regulations, mm-hmm. country by country. I mean... I don't think China's a problem. I don't even know if they allow Twitter in their firewall. Probably not. No, nah, they don't do. They don't have. Um, they don't do like the traditional social media. Yeah. Yeah, they they have their own. Uh, I forgot what it's called. They've it's got just called one app. Yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. got payment. You know, social everything down mm-hmm. to a science. I mean, you know, one of my best friends growing up uh, from elementary school, Alan, uh, born in China. You know, he knows exactly what's going on. You know, Chinese fluent, his whole family from Shanghai. You know, and he he gives me insider knowledge about basically what what's going on in China. And you know, it's it's, 
Not good. It's not good. Yeah, don't they have like a social credit system? Like, I think I think it's on the same app. You could correct me if, if I'm wrong. But um, they, like everything you do, you almost just get rated by other people based on like your interactions with them. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about that. That's what it is. But it's something it, along those lines where it's like, yeah, yeah. it's almost like a like a credit score, but for like, yeah, tr- how how trustworthy you are, and yeah. they can deny you uh, the right to like public transit if your mm. store is bad, and I'm sure an assortment of other things that can deny you. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing stories of just people being abducted by agents for having COVID. Like entire buildings would just mm. be taken at once. I mean. You know, they're ferocious in their uh, enactment of policies, which, you know, for better or worse, is the uh, the biggest benefit of having like an authoritarian grip uh, on, on the people is that you can move fast and furious, which we cannot really do in America, right. just due to the nature of, of how democracy works. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, uh, yeah, everyone thinks differently. It's not like, we also, we don't look at our leaders the way, especially yeah. mm-hmm. in this country, like, bro, most of us, like like me, like, we don't like our politicians, mm-hmm. but right. there's not really a choice. It's kind of, like, ingrained in you. Yeah, well, a quote that stuck with me for a while uh, by Winston Churchill is that democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things wrong with it. And you could always improve. Mm. But if you look at the alternatives. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the one, I think the one thing people compl- complain about with democracy is that there's so much bureaucracy. There's so much um, like, pe- like if you want to move the country a certain way or m- make any change, it takes so much and it's so hard to do it. Hmm. Yeah, that's why. Um, but yeah. the alternative would be that it'll be really easy to make changes, which means that whoever just wants to be in control and make changes, you're at their whim. Yeah. Um, in a way, though, democracy is more stable because it's right. so slow moving. You know, an empire. Uh, with Caesar or Augustus at the helm might be the golden age of Rome. Mm. But when Caligula or Nero takes charge, and suddenly it's years of bloodshed and, and disaster. So yeah, the thing, the thing with the authoritarian, authoritarian governments, it only takes one bad leader mm. to collapse. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, there's like the tree analogy, where if the, the reason trees are tall is because they compete with each other hmm. for sunlight. Hmm. Now, if every tree was short, they would actually save a lot of material and be able, be able to like, be more efficient, hmm. all of them. But like the second one of them gets, gets taller, they get so much of an advantage over everyone, every other else, yeah. that they're the ones that reproduce. They're the, they're, like every other tree has to either adapt, become taller, or die. Well, that, that's true because they block the sunlight from the other tree. Right. And I've seen um, 
I don't know what the actual term is. I'll call it tree grooming or forest grooming, mm. where uh, they'll send crews of people in and they'll cut off the branches right. uh, of the trees just so that sunlight's not being blocked. And they'll, they'll mm. clear out like whatever debris uh, mm. or excess material is there to allow sunlight to hit the surface. Mm. And, it, and it prevents forest fires and it does all sorts of really good things for, for the environment. Oh, yeah, because yeah, because they also cut off like dead branches that are more likely to catch on fire, and exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you guys, you guys said it best. I don't even know what to say. Um, I still, yeah, like in terms of like the political systems, I definitely wouldn't have it any other way. I know there have been like mm. there have probably been points where it's like it was quite popular for people to like believe that like a hybrid of like in this um, straight up democracy and capitalism with the fusion of socialism on like the mm. social policy things, mm. that might be a good move. But no, I think the system's pretty good the way it is. It's just the people in it. And yeah. also for me to actually care about politics, there shouldn't be a, like they gotta get rid of money in politics in terms of like, essentially, see, I'm cool with people making money Mm -hmm. But American Airlines not paying a cent of taxes is pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Not yes. one of these where it's like, there are some idiots that genuinely want like, that like there should be like an income cap where it's like, mm -hmm. let's say you make more than like $20 million, you get like everything gets taxed after that. That's like a genuine belief wow. that people have. And that's, that's honestly disgusting. But at the same time, if it's like, as a corporation, if you're not paying any taxes, that's a. I don't even blame them because if I if, if I had a if, business, I could get away with not paying a cent of taxes. I, I wouldn't, but it's the pol yeah. like just the politicians that are hmm. kind of messed up. So yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? What's one way we could uh, get that out of the system? Because with these um these people now, I don't think it would ever really leave. Well, there's probably quite a few ways to go about it. Uh, there's a lot of variables where corruption inevitably stems from. Mm. One of the things I've seen recently is, uh, I'm not sure where it currently is, but I know there was a proposed ban on, I don't know if it was congressmen owning stocks. Mm. Um, and I know there was, there was a fight about that, but that would make sense because who has the best insider knowledge, but people with that level of connection and power? Now, another thing is uh, whatever the cap is for uh, when people are running for presidents, uh, pre presidency, there's, a, there's a, a cap on what you can donate. I don't know if the cap is too high or too low or whatever it is, but I'm sure there's ways of gifting stuff or helping uh, who's ever running through covert means, which could probably be legislated to prevent. Mm. The problem with corruption is that once you have enough of it, how can you ever get rid of it? Because you're saying all, all, this, all these things, but who, as a legislator, who would vote to not allow yourself to own stocks. Well, who who yeah. would vote to take away their ability to laun to launder like millions and millions of money right into their pockets? 
I mean, uh, there might have already been a vote on it. I, I wish I was following it more closely so I could tell you guys. Um, mm. But there will be people, because um, although it definitely seems counter um, to their goals, like, you know, it's directly harmful to them in that they can't get rich off insider knowledge. Um, but at the same time, they can take the moral high ground uh, which beneficial for re-election, re beneficial for getting your name out there um, and say, you know, I believe that it's, right. it's but, immoral to do. But we've seen this with Bernie to an extent where a lot of his, um, the Bernie hype train came from the fact that he didn't have big donors. Hmm. But then there's hmm. Hillary Clinton and look, yeah. on she's definitely on my list of like just politicians I wouldn't trust. Hmm. But um, mm. she had like a machine of donations because whether you like him or not, the Clinton family probably has what the most connections out of anyone. They're yeah. a dynasty. Yeah, because Bill was a president yeah. and uh, Hillary was a first lady and uh, she was also secretary of state. So they know everyone. And then so mm. they, they'll know donors, then they'll know you know, other people, she, she'll have ties to Wall Street and stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's like that machine pretty much took down Bernie, who's going on like the humble wave. And quite frankly, even with him, hmm. I would really find it hard to believe that he didn't take some big donations in his time. Hmm. Granted, he never bought a hair, hairbrush with the money he got from those donations, but you know, he still... Like, there's no way that guy took no big donations. You know what I mean? He's been a decent. Right. I would just refuse to believe it. Hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you're probably know. right. So, it, so I agree with what you said in terms, like, uh, what you said, Jesse, about the moral high ground and, like, how hmm. that can be a way to, like, portray yourself. But there's going to be enough Hillary Clintons in D.C. where it's, like, the money, I don't know, the money does. Yeah, that, that's that. That's why I said, once you have enough corruption, it's really hard to get rid of it. Because once you have the majority of people being corrupt in the government, and I'm pretty sure we could all agree that the majority of them are. Like, the oh. ones who aren't are probably a very small minority. Hmm. Yeah, um, you know, once they get big too, they'll go down that route. It's like a, it's like a black hole. It's, yeah, really it's like, well, it, it's two it's things. Not. You can't, because there's there's such a stranglehold of corruption, you can't get big unless you are corrupt, unless you play exactly, within yeah. the corrupt system. Well, they say you know power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. Um, and you know that's a saying, of course, but to what extent it's true, I would lean towards it being pretty accurate. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. There's definitely some good apples out there. Definitely plenty of bad apples, and definitely some you know people who kind of play both sides right. uh, for their own advantage. But, you know, I'm hopeful that, especially with new tech um, and just being able to, for better or worse, view basically everyone's entire internet footprint um, since, since they started being on the internet, that people are gonna have to be a little more low key uh, with their corruption. It's a lot easier to get found out. But the thing is, there's so much that people just don't care. Like mm. we've seen this with WikiLeaks and the whole, like there's so much leak government information. Mm. Like that, that's, that's when we first found out that the NSA 
was basically spying on all of us, right? And that's not that's not the only thing. There's so much more, like being leaked directly on it, and no one cares. No one's even looking at it because the person who leaks it, they're usually like hack like hackers, hacker activists, or like an insider. They leak like thousands of pages of doc of documents. You're gonna need someone to read through all that, summarize everything, give a give a concise report, and also so like a, a large media outlet to show it. That's true, and the transmission of uh, of knowledge and data is. A, as much as it's easy to do over the internet, it's very hard for individuals to parse through it with right. any level of expertise or, or wit. Um, a lot of people are not that intelligent and even intelligent people are easily misled. Uh, I mean, because it's so easy to, when you have so much information, I mean, it's like, what's actually real. That's why it's the whole question of like, uh, conspiracies are so, deep-rooted in, I mean, I would say all cultures, but as, mm. from what I've seen in America especially, um, because it's really hard, if not, it's impossible to actually say with certainty what is true and what is not. It's, it's, yeah. it's impossible. No, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, and that, that's the problem, because no one has the time the energy, the uh, motivation to look at every piece of news they receive, mm. whether it's through word of mouth by from friends, whether it's reading it online on newspapers, whether it's through like social media memes, whatever, and actually do a deep dive into is it true, is it not? And a lot of it just gets taken as truth, or a lot of it just gets immediately pushed at as false. Mm. And all of it depends entirely on your on your per perception, on your own bias. If it's something you agree with, then you're gonna you're more likely to just see like see that as truth, you know. Yeah. Whereas if it's something you don't agree with. Now it's so much easier to just say, oh, that's fake news. Hmm. Bro, it's simple. So, it's like even, even with your friends, it's like, what, let's say, I don't know. Let's say you're drinking a lot, right? But all your friends are like having a good time with you. No, no, none of your friends, unless they're like a really good friend, will be like, you have a drinking problem. They're just going to keep letting you, you know. Hmm. We've all been there, like five-day bender. And it's like, all right, we'll keep going. It's fine. But that goes for like whether it's the news or anything it's like you kind of want to just hear what you want to hear you don't you yeah don't, yeah well it circle back it circles back to what we were talking about originally uh with twitter and with the bots and really the question of censorship um because there's a lot of malignant information out there that's just basically purely harmful and you know it's a mixed bag of course um but I, I think there's, there's like with everything, a bunch of variables at play. For example, um, there's in uh, Buddhist culture, 
uh, specifically in a book called the Lotus Sutra, there's this term they use often called skillful means, where basically the Buddha, I believe it, in that book, it was Sayakumi, the Buddha Sayakumi. Um, he said to all of the people he was talking to, and he was talking to gods and dragon kings and deities and, uh, you know, and practitioners. Um, he said that he taught basically three paths to Buddhahood, uh, two lesser vehicles and the greater vehicle. The greater vehicle is basically the truth. It's the path uh, from scratch to enlightenment, to Buddhahood. The other two paths were a simplified, easier to walk on path so that people who, who were, you know, scared or frightened by the sheer uh, magnificence of the journey could see this simpler thing and, and take that. But it would, the truth is that it would lead to a, uh, they, they had like levels of enlightenment. Mm. They call them arhats, which, and I, the pronunciation is going to be wrong, but uh, Manayana Buddhism, um, they consider arhats to be basically lesser, lessers uh, than people who are truly on the path to Buddhahood. Mm. But the, the point here is that skillful means could be anything from telling the truth in a deceitful way or, or in a way that's not entirely accurate or even straight up lying to get some kind of greater point across that they can only get across through this method. So it's the skillful means. It's do what you have to do in order, in order to mm. achieve a goal, which I know that was long and winded, but it's, it's really hard to figure out, um, you know, what, you can actually censor um, if, if you really wanted to. So that's why generally you don't. That's why I wouldn't censor anything just because um, it's so subjective on what's dangerous mm. and what's not. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, that, I think that could go both ways when with like skillful means, mm -hmm. not just in terms of what you censor, mm -hmm. but also what you say. Because a lot of people, will either make stuff up hmm. or just like purposely change details here and there or purposely word things in a way that to simplify i was gonna say push their own agenda oh interesting. yeah like let's say i don't know let's let's say your your agenda is something messed up okay let's say you're racist hmm. let's say you hate black people hmm. all right you could you could make a you could make up a bunch of stories hmm. that about black people and all the bad things they've done like you could say oh black a black person just like jumped me out of nowhere on hmm. like whenever when that was completely false or out or you could make up so many stories hmm. to push your agenda and convince other people that black people are bad. Now, obviously we, we see that and we know, all of us know that's bad. Hmm. But if you flip that to a cause that you might think it's righteous, hmm. like let's say you're trying to push for uh, LGBTQ causes mm -hmm. and in yeah, order to spread awareness- offended by that, it's like, Someone will see that the way like a non-racist person would see the false black person story. That's 
Yeah, it's, it's just well, like right. perspectives just, you know. But but if you're already supporting LGBTQ rights, you're more like, you're almost sure to just accept that, accept those lies, hmm. right? Because you, hey, you, you might not have a way of knowing that they're lies. Like the person, the racist person, how do you know that a black guy didn't just huh. assault them? You know? Sure. Hmm. Well, in, in the lens of uh, LGBTQ influencers, basically people on Twitter or Instagram mm. who have big followings, uh, even if they, they put out a Twitter that's, you know, uh, maybe not a full truth or a really objectively a fair statement to make, mm. um, they're fighting for their tribe. I mean, at least I hope that would be right. their intent. They're really, but they're fighting for their tribe. Yeah, tribalism. Yeah. So to some to, degree. they would they would justify it mm-hmm. uh, because it's getting it's marketing, it's getting your name out there. Uh, I mean, look on our slash place. They the it, it was an event that Reddit did. It was just a big canvas and communities. Each person with an account would be able to place one block every five minutes. Mm. Um, and for how small proportionally uh, LGBTQ population is, I mean, on Reddit, it's, it's a lot bigger than it would be in real life. But uh, there, the LGBT communities had ginormous amounts of space proportional to their size. Because um, mm. they, they do have that really foundationally powerful social media presence. Um, so that's something else to consider. And yeah, it's it's kind of easier to justify misleading or lying to people when you think the cause is righteous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's dangerous because everyone can think their cause is righteous. The the racist person pr- thinks they're righteous, they're righteous. And at the end of the day, if we allow that, just because the cause is righteous or just because we think the cause is righteous or just because the cause, it aligns with our views. At some point, it's gonna be done to, to for like the opposite side or like to something we don't agree with. And if we tolerate it for one, it's gonna be really hard not to tolerate or like to put a cap at the other. Yeah, because then the question is like, okay, so what's the, what's the catch? Like, why not this, why that? exactly so so there's no right answer to to that question so i don't know it's like i don't see the big deal of something like terribly offensive being on twitter like just Mm -hmm. don't just ignore it like there are like i don't know if you if you don't like um i don't know if you're for some reason homophobic just scroll Mm -hmm. past the lgbt thread don't even read about it or if you Mm -hmm. what's it called if you're sane and you're like oh racism is bad Someone's going off on a racist rant. Just let them be. They're not gonna like put it on Twitter. They'll just go to a bar and talk about it. I don't. I don't see the big. <laughs> yeah, if they're doing it in a bar, that's much more dangerous than doing it on Twitter. That's. Oh yeah, for real. <laughs> At a bar, it'll be more than those words, bro. They'll need some hands thrown and stuff. Yeah, mm. exactly. But... Which honestly, that's probably the right way to deal with an issue. Just fight it out instead of crying on Twitter. Like that. That's my thing. It's like if I have an issue with someone, I'd rather just. Hmm. 
fight and then once you like throw some punches maybe it's just a dude thing but you just like i fought my friends before you mm-hmm. know the second we're done fighting it's like all right you're my friend again it's not that deep mm-hmm. yeah i've definitely experienced that and there's certainly something to be said for good old-fashioned fisticuffs <laughs> you know getting out that aggression of course there's tears to it you know two randos uh even if you really in the moment hate your friend and really want to bash his skull in you know you're probably not going to hit him over the head with a baseball bat but that guy in the bar who the hell knows that you know that's yeah. straight up life or death so to be fair if someone's got a baseball bat at a bar fair play they just <laughs> like that that they're like they plan that out like they they know yeah, I that's said that's the thing that's the thing with picking up with strangers picking fights with strangers you don't know what they're capable of. You don't know if they have a weapon. Maybe they're carrying yeah, a gun yeah, yeah. or definitely. a knife, a switchblade, something. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. would not recommend just fighting a stranger. Just fight your friends or something if you're mad. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my perspective on this whole thing. Like the world is messed up. There's so many things wrong with the world. I can't change all of it. That's I can't sure. even begin to try. I thought you're a social justice warrior, Tudor. No, dude, I I can't change the world. I don't, even if I could, it'd be so stressful. No, no, thank you. I'm not that selfless where I'm giving up my life for the better of other people. I'll just be yeah, straight up. Like, I, it would just eat at me. Like, I, it would just make me so, no, de- but so you know, depressed. Though, like, people, people that do that have a void in their own life. So mm. that's their, like that's their way to go about it yeah same for like same for people that i don't know just people i feel that way with therapists you know Mm. it's like interesting because it's like yes they're doing like good work especially if they're helping people right if all you're doing is listening to other people's problems all day you have to be wired so differently to do that Mm. i lose my mind i couldn't do that for more than two sessions they say that um, therapists, or at least some of them, you know, they get into therapy. Fundamentally, they might be trying to figure out themselves, which is mm-hmm. why they get into the therapy yeah. and psychology. Um, others could be through helping. Another reason, through helping others, you can help yourself as well. And it's similar to people who join the army. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, again, more reasons to join the army than just that, but. If you've got nothing going on in your life, you have no foundation, you're depressed, you know, your dad beats you, your mom hates you, who knows? Um, yeah, yeah I've definitely heard army. a lot of those horror stories. But to be fair, the army one's also, that one's more cultural too, because it's like, there are like army yeah. things. Like, I yeah. definitely, so like that, yeah. one, that, that one's a mix to be fair, but hmm. you're right about, if you notice too, like, you know, you know the joke that like nursing and psych majors are like off the rails crazy. Mm-hmm. First, first of all, I do think it's true. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it this this all adds up now because they mean, do good work. Fair, like, they help other people. Like we need yeah. nurses, we need therapists, we need doctors, all that. Mm-hmm. Right? They're great. Like, granted, a lot of these people they get paid a lot. It's not like they're heroes or anything. But mm-hmm. there are half of them are off the rails i mean to be fair how effective of a therapist can you be 
if you, for example, and I'm not questioning like the ones that do, but if you've never had depression, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. to some like, degree, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to you about curling from like a personal like. Uh, mm. First time I heard thunder in like for five months, but thunder, wow, wow, yeah, Jesus Christ, thunder, shut up, man. But uh, yeah, it's like I don't know. To have a personal connection with someone, you have to like experience similar things. Yeah, and really if you really think about, it, you have to have gone through something. Yeah, who better to help people going through stuff than other people who've also gone through the same stuff? That's true. There, there is a problem with that, and that it could make you uh, have some bias of some sort. I mean, yes. I don't know what I'm talking about here. To be to preface mm. this, hey uh, man, look, we never know what we're talking about on this thing. Tuner mm. and I are just, you know, yeah, whatever awesome. comes in the brain, we just fly with it. So, awesome. yeah. but I mean, yeah, uh, you know, there might be a bias there, or you might have, let's say, because uh, obviously, a lot of people who have had depression are not chronically depressed there's a big difference between right that. like i could say there's times in my life where i've been basically what i would consider depressed you know especially mm. um uh covid going into college that first year that was tough um actually the the, the next year was even worse because i was still in person right. last semester that that was horrible um and you know health problems or family issues that if your brother is hurting because I have a twin, like I will feel that, and it's horrible. It's really horrible. But I'm I'm certainly not chronically depressed or anything. Um, to go back, uh, people who are chronic or not, or who have basically gone through something, might not have set a foundation for the mm. for their future self that is actually healthy. They might have think that they've healed themselves or moved on. But really, they they've built a a straw uh, foundation compared mm. to a brick foundation. Um, so, so you know, obviously, going to school for psychology is right the the move. And you know, onto that, I feel like this is just personal observation. I feel like a lot of people that I know that have been in therapy that I'm close with, mm. or that are continuously in therapy. Mm. Um. A lot of them tend to develop further trauma and further mental issues. And I don't know whether that's because having some sort of mental problem makes you more susceptible for others in general. Hmm. Like I I imagine if you have very bad anxiety, right? Hmm. Like it's very easy to see how that could cause you to go out less, interact with other people less, maybe do less of the things you enjoy, which then lead you to being depressed. So that, to some degree, I think that that's why those are like very linked, mm, yeah. like depression and anxiety. Because if you develop one or the other, I think it's pretty easy to, to get the other, uh, just because of the, na- of the nature of it. Um, but so that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's because just mental health issues mm. lead to or like lead you more susceptible for more mental health issues mm. or that 
constantly talking about your trauma, mm. constantly having that on your mind, mm. constantly like being in that in that therapy headspace, trying to immediately categorize your feelings or trying to put things into boxes. You you keep you keep questioning yourself. Is this mm. is this trauma that I'm that I'm experiencing right now? Whereas like a lot of people have issues they talk about things they experienced as a kid and i think to some degrees a lot of us have similar stories hmm. where it's you experience something and when you talk about it hmm. other people just look at you and they're like like wait that's that's weird hmm. that's not normal or like are you okay type type thing and whereas you just like internalized that you thought that was just normal and you moved yeah. on right yeah. so for you it doesn't affect you i had that in i did some gen ed freshman year and i wrote about something from my childhood it wasn't anything like mm. traumatic or anything it was just like one negative experience i had like playing sports or something right. and my professor wrote like if you ever need to talk to someone i was like brother what bro this was mm. like what happened here i went up to him was like what the hell did you find so concerning he was like oh just this line i was like oh yeah it's not that deep Mm. but yeah no i yeah that that's definitely true about like something from your childhood that doesn't even have to be bad it just might be different and then some Mm. it just may be perceived in a completely that's true i mean i i like to think that uh beyond maybe some other circumstances that i could think of the two things that will fuck you up most are bad parents or the mm. lack of parents mm. and a bad therapist mm. those two things i mean they say uh i don't have the study in front of me uh that kids who have been abused uh or have been in abusive households from a young age um have similar brain patterns to uh warriors and soldiers who come back from war and mm. it's basically ptsd they get they can yeah. you can have PTSD from being in a household like that, which will stick with you for life. Yeah, no, I'll I'll give an example. I I do a, I do have a friend. She did have some actual mm-hmm. like her dad that died when she was young. Mm-hmm. So that that you know understandably caused uh, a bunch of problems. Um, and she, she's been going to therapy, you know, obviously you can't necessarily say that everything stemmed from that or everything is because of that, but yeah, she has, she has suffered from depression, anxiety, and even more recently, she's been diagnosed like PTSD and like, like something else too. I I forgot. She told me about it, but I can't. I can't help but to think it's like wow what if what if you weren't going through therapy hmm. what if you weren't constantly thinking like of everything that you experienced like hey is this maybe trauma like causing trauma or traumatic and you just kind of like moved on like would you have the same thing and that's that's a tough thing to say because therapy does help this at the very least the symptoms, right? Yeah. Even if it doesn't 
even if it doesn't like always help the very underlying cause, mm-hmm. it could help you deal with what you're feeling and kind of compartmentalize things and function with your disorder. And that's very useful. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that with therapy, obviously there's a variety of methods out there depending on your circumstances. Right. And I'm not claiming to be an expert at this. Of course, none yeah. of us are. But disclaimer, yeah. Yeah. But um, when it comes down to it, people, first of all, there's, as I was saying, there's a lot of methods. Some of them, sometimes someone just needs to be heard. So they just mm-hmm. need to know you're, someone is there, right. has their back and is listening to them. Mm-hmm. People often make the mistake hearing a problem from their friend and then they're like, oh, I can solve that for you. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes that might be good. Um, from my experience, though, it's often the inferior method of, you know, helping your mm-hmm. friend through whatever. Um, I'm not a therapist. Uh, so, but what therapy in my mind is uh, what it, it allows people to, who have put up mental or psychological blockers, who people who have repressed memories or, or have put some kind of wall around memories of some type. It allows you to kind of pierce the veil and maybe start to unravel what's there. Of course, you know, mm. psychedelics might also help with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, bro, it, it's it's funny you said that. Like just be just before this, I was I was listening to a little bit of Joe, Joe Rogan while I'm, mm. uh, I was just doing some work, and he was talking with Mike Tyson. Oh. And you know, Mike Tyson has has a famous thing, and he kept he's kept talking about it more. Is like. The toad. The toad. The toad. Yeah, the Mike Tyson. He had a he had a story. He uh went in the desert, found like some type of like psychedelic toad, or like it was DMT or something. I think it was DMT that I that told him to to look for the toad. And he said he had like a completely life changing experience. Like, and you could, the man is a completely different man now than Mm. when he was fighting. And you could tell. He's let go, not fully, but a lot Mm. of of his ego. Yeah. And in his his own words, for a while, he he couldn't even work out. Mm. Like, he he was dropping weight because every time you try to work out, his ego would just explode. Hmm. explode on him hmm. man but i don't know but i don't think you need to do psychedelics for that to happen though he could have just like just chilled out mike That's tyson fair. like until perhaps maybe he needed it i don't know but like mm. bruh, man teeter you're, you're getting too excited over there bro well to be fair i i know there's uh been experimental uh analysis and surveys mm. of uh I'm not sure whether it's microdosing or what, um, but I know that they are doing studies with psychedelic substances in therapy specifically to, to cure depression, like depression and especially substance uh, addiction. Yeah, and I I believe it. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's not exactly a coin flip. Um, certain people should definitely avoid such substances 
you know, if you, if you have a history of psychosis or, you know, uh, you're, you've got some, you're fucked up somehow in some medical term that I'm sure is identifiable, uh, you know, avoiding large amounts of LSD and mushrooms is probably a good idea. Man, man, what the hell? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. No one do this stuff. Seriously. <laughs> drink, drink a bush or something. I don't know. There's keep not it encouraging the use. I'm just saying there is. No, no, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah there, you know, if you're depressed or if you've got something going on and you've long been on the path to trying to fix yourself, mm-hmm. or at least if not fix yourself, you know, have some kind of foundation where you can live your life. Um, and you've gone through therapy and you've, you've tried working out and eating healthy. And if none of that's working for you, which those are all some of the best remedies, you know, right. finding a passion and, you know, taking care of your body because your body is your temple and all that. Um, but, you know, somewhere on the journey, you might find yourself at the doorway of the toad. So, you know, some some psychedelic company is about to hire you for an advert. (laughs) That was, was, bro, that was a poem. Thank you. I was just, I was just waiting to be like, all right, bro, this guy's off the rails, but no, that was set beautifully. So, yeah. But yeah, I'll always stick to my guns. If you are, if you're ever Mm. feeling down, just get a group of your buddies. Yeah. Get, Get the table out, get some cups. Beer pong, get some, play it out. Play some pong, play some dive, yeah. play some lacrosse, yeah. go to a bar, go to a club, whichever type of club. Yeah. That, uh, they say like, now I don't know anything about psychedelics just because it's never hmm. right. interested, interested me too much. And hmm. I just, most of my boys just drink, but hmm. drinking is like, it's definitely not it's terrible for your like mental health if you do it a lot mm. but as like a distraction that's why like everyone in college like drinks every weekend the weeks mm. do that suck mm. the weekend's just a great time to forget about everything that's why in that sense drinking's great drinking yeah. is one of the best like temporary escapes lets you run away from your problems yeah, yeah. that being said i i personally uh, would rank alcohol low on my, you know, drug of choice list. Um, I mean, in high school, I had plenty of fun doing, you know, everything, but nowadays I'm more experienced and I'm a little older and a little smarter. Um, you know, I tend to not, you know, partake like I used to. I mean, I never really liked Mm -hmm. drinking that much. I was more of a, a stoner. I liked weed a lot more, but you know, I not ashamed to say there was a time when I ingested psychedelic mushrooms and the mushrooms told me to stop everything and just be sober because sobriety is really nice. So, you know, I just dropped everything for a year and I just went surfing and I was hanging out at the beach and I was working out and I was, you know, it was great. And that experience, I mean, combined with my own mental faculties, of, of course, you know, has helped in some way shape me uh, and helps me moderate myself and the things I do. Interesting. That's, hmm. I don't even know what to say. That, 
So like, okay, so where are you at now? Are you are you still in this? Um, are you like still just like chilling sober, or are you kind of like just like whatever happens happens type of? Uh, I would lean more towards the second, but uh, I'm basically sober, uh, except when I find myself in my friend's house. And there's a friend for your own good. I'm just going to cut you off there. I I don't know. He's basically sober, except when he isn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't really drink. I, you know, honestly, halfway into the first beer, I'm already like, okay, you know. No, you know what? Honestly, well, first of all, that's the mistake. Don't drink beers. But second of all, Mm. respect for not drinking, especially at our age. Uh, Mm. It's pretty, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough to not drink, especially, well, Mm. maybe. My my perspectives are different. I'm in Indiana, mm. so it's like I think it it depends a lot by by the person because I am I've also found myself I I used to drink more than a lot more than I do now. Mm. I barely barely we even drink. This. What we never we never drink that much. So you would drink with other people too. You have other friends. How could you do that to me? So bad. Yeah, Suresh, I have other friends. Oh my lord! Didn't know the same. Yeah, nowadays I I barely ever barely even drink, and even if I do drink, like if I I drink one drink, by the time I get to my second drink, if I'm like halfway through, I'm I almost don't want to finish. It's just like, you know, yeah. My friends would love you, bro. They're the I mean, I don't know what it's like forever. For me, I will say not drinking is a million times easier than not smoking, um, especially in the height of high school. Uh, and I wasn't even like, I, I know there's definitely people out there who do it to be in with the crowd uh, of kids who are like that. For me, though, I genuinely love being high. Um, but I've come to a point where unless I'm in an environment where I'm like, I'm just chilling for the night, got Netflix on trailer park boys is is rolling, you know, and I'm just chilling on the couch. You know, I really like being, uh, having my full mental faculties available to me to, you know, be able to live through life and make the best conscious decisions. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, as much um, as much fun as I do have partying and stuff, I think most of my like best memories come from me being sober. That's I think that's most people anyway. That's probably for well, the best too. Yeah. Also, yeah. F- fun little fact: when you're drinking alcohol, let you less memories are actually being formed. Hmm. Like yeah. no, the, the the reason you have blackouts when you drink is not because you forget what happened; is because literally no new met memories is being formed yeah like you're just going through it and your brain instantly deletes it and the combination of you being absolutely plastered and you doing stupid stuff makes Mm -hmm. it even worse because not only do you not have the memory of it but it's like you know you did something bad too in that Mm -hmm. time so it's uh yeah yeah but yeah actually there's a there's a pretty interesting brain process that happens um where your brain takes stuff takes stuff from the short-term memory and moves it to long-term memory. Mm-hmm. And 
it's pretty selective in how it does that. And different things can can mess with it. Like alcohol is one of those. If you drink enough alcohol, memories from your short-term memories just won't go to your long-term memory. Yeah. So you just forget them. You just that that that's what happens during a blackout. And that's that's why we forget a lot of things. It's not that you forget over time. Mm. Most like most of the things you'll forget about something, you'll forget by the next day. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, for sure. That's why when someone says they have bad memory, you should just be like, no, they're, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I like the points you made about being sober for sure. Um, That's going to be, that's going to be interesting for me. I'm pretty sure once I get my um first job, I don't think I'll turn into like a in bed at 9.30 type of guy. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely calm down in the sense that my Fridays will just be like watch a movie and like eats or something. I don't know. What's your major, by the way? Oh, I'm a a finance major with an international business co-major. So very cool. Very cool. Thank you, man. Um, Probably not as cool as what you're, what are you studying? Same thing as theater? No, I'm not an engineer. Like everyone around the school seems to be. I'm 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 a normie uh, business management major, business and entrepreneurship. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh wow! So you guys speak the same language? Probably. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah. about, it's about time, Peter. At least you have one. At least you have a fun friend now. <laughs> all these guys talking about Python and all this nonsense, and now uh, we can. Uh, I'll pay people to do that for me. That's uh, what I'm saying. Although, to be to be fair, though, I might I might take a course on Python this summer. Hmm. But I would still, even if I completely know it, I'm gonna pay someone smarter. Yeah, and there's Always. definitely something to be said for uh, some kind of you know study towards it because you know in order to actually. Pay people, uh, whether you're on Fiverr, it's you know you're a manager and you've got, you know it's a more traditional thing. You have to know where to to direct people. You might even have to make some kind of template or, and not all things are possible. You need Mm -hmm. to actually have some kind of wherewithal uh, to give them the proper building blocks to give you make you let you them make you a castle, Um, and also say you know you're not getting scammed by them doing like three oh, lines of code. Yeah. Yeah, even even more basic, I found that studying computer science and kind of like studying the development process makes me understand applications a lot more. Hmm. I, I feel like it's a, it's a lot more intuitive for me to hmm. navigate a new program and try to figure out features or if there's something I'll give I'll give you an example. Just the other day, um, do you know how you, when you make a like a table or of some sort, you might have like like one category that splits up into like two different rows. Yeah, yeah. So my girlfriend wanted to do that in Google in Google Docs, mm-hmm. and what do you make that? table like she showed me what she was trying to replicate and what she was trying to do was take one one column Hmm. leave the first the first row and split everything else into two Hmm. right yeah now me 
kind of having that little bit of that background, mm. I immediately thought like, wait a minute, this is probably done the opposite way. You actually make two columns and then the one at the one at the top, you just merge mm. and make them to one. So you can have, you can have the description. Sa same thing, right? Mm. But like she couldn't figure out how to do it because, mm. you know, it's, it just like basic stuff. It's like, developers technical people tend tend to think along similar lines hmm. and if you can't understand how that process goes and how developers think hmm. just navigating applications and navigating features becomes a lot easier and more yeah. like intuitive i mean they say like being able to simplify a problem break it down and then solve hmm. it in the most simple most efficient way right. is really the key to efficiency and solving problems. You being able to do that is amazing. Uh, if I wanted to do something like that, let, if I didn't figure out how to do that, I mm. probably would have just uh, used the line tool and drawn all the boxes or whatever I wanted <laughs> and then done it that way, which Been works. Done that, my friend. Right. Not the most efficient, but yeah, it works. Um, it does do the job. It does do the job. Um, of course, your method seems to be superior. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not that deep. It's just merging two boxes. That's but, exactly. That's the, the gold part of it. Right. But the point is, I guess, as a, as a developer, mm -hmm. you're given, like, what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And breaking that down and figuring out how to do that, a lot of choices get made along the way. Mm -hmm. And the more you kind of understand what's possible and what's easy to do, what's hard to do from a from a programming standpoint, hmm. the more you understand why certain choices were made. Like the reason it, it's, e it's a lot easier to merge two boxes than select a whole book, a whole, a whole yeah. like bunch and then split, the split them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did a little bit, a little bit, of React.js because uh, mm. I was working on a startup thing. And basically what I said earlier, like I wanted to see what I could do. Right. Um, and first of all, very hard uh, language to learn from my amateur opinion. Um, well, J JavaScript has, has a lot of oddities mm. just in general. And uh, React.js is like, you know, I mean, it's a lot of JavaScript, but I know mm. it's, it's got some mixtures uh, of other things in there. And, you know, uh, I just remember even things simple like selecting the best text editor, we, we use VS Code, um, and then mm. setting it up so that Justin mm. and I were all linked together in our GitHub repositories, right. you know, pushing and pulling stuff. That was the hardest part. Mm. I mean, granted, I was on, uh, what's it called? Uh, not full stack, um, Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow, yeah. I was, you know, I was that guy getting downvoted for crappy questions. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot, but man, you know, every problem I solve, I realize like, wow, that was super easy. I'm just so dumb. You know, mm. you know, I have a lot of respect for uh, software developers and, you know, you can, you can, you're, you guys have the skills of the future. You can make anything in this screen you want to appear appear like it's like being on creative mode it's really that's, really cool that's a vast over overestimation of my skills 
you'll get there. I, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that that sector's always changing anyway. Mm. So it's like, yeah, that's true. People that can adapt will be good, mm. and then people that that's anything to be fair nowadays. It's like, yeah, what I learned now, maybe completely, even for finance, right? It's like mm. there are like formulas still being made now for mm. like proper mm. ways to like calculate bond prices and stuff mm. like back in the day it'd be like base it off like a fat binder now it's like there's just like a you just need three variables to figure it out so right yeah, yeah. so i couldn't even imagine how they would figure out like net present value back then dude because now it's like <laughs> the, the simple excel function mm-hmm. and yeah i couldn't oh, actually i do know how but it's a painful painful formula mm. But right. like those math classes we did, they should just teach us like how to use Excel instead now. Once we get to a certain point, I feel like yeah. maybe maybe past like pre-calc, you know, just mm. I don't know, just like technology, math and technology instead of like I don't need to know some dumb formula to. You yeah, know I mean, that's I mean cool half the stuff we learned is useless. They should have taught us like financial responsibility in high school instead of like. I don't know, some of the stupid stuff we had to learn, both of you guys can attest to this. I mean, yeah. To be fair, here's my argument for that. A, the, um, like, high school's job and, like, elementary through, through high school is kind of, kind of, uh, like, show you all the different things that are out yeah. there, right? Like, if you only learn up to algebra for example for example mm-hmm. and you wanted to go into uh like a fit like physics or like a heavy math field you would be completely lost you would you wouldn't true. you wouldn't have anything to base your actual decision on so yeah you, you need calc for physics at least right? yeah they they got they gotta expose you to that and i understand why why they teach calc because a lot of further subjects are built on top of math's calc hmm. especially like physics uh even I, I i see calc even computers in computer science especially when um in like like machine learning hmm. uh artificial intelligence i was i was in a computer vision class and i had i had to do i had to do like integrals and um and like derivatives and like gradient vectors on pictures. Oh, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so those things pop up all the time. And I get why, why schools expose you to that. Now, that's true. Now, here's my argument. Um, for the most part, I, I agree with you. Right. It's school's job. You know, my middle school uh, was they we, we did a three month rotation for language. We mm. had Spanish. French, Mandarin, and hmm. Latin. Um, Interesting. And but they would have you on a three-month rotation, so you could go through all of the languages. Now I was horrible. I was in the French rotation, and I was like, I have to get out of here. So, you know, I dropped that, um, and I just took a math class instead. Um, now, so now that we've established, I'm bad at at French. Uh, you know. It brings up a more fundamental question of basically how things are taught. Mm. Um, and I, as I said, I agree that high schools have 
an obligation to give you like a jack of all trades, master of none right. type of thing. Uh, but I think for certain people, you know, one, they, when you know, you know, right. Uh, some people know that earlier than others. A lot of people older than us still don't know. Right. So that it's perfectly fine to not know. Um, but you're also kind of forced, um, like for better or worse, this is how it is. Mm. Like just point blank. This is how it is. Um, which is why even in college, you're going to find, you know, I'm taking an art history course. I'm a business major, you know, right. That I actually really liked the art history course, but that's beside the point. Yeah. I took an art history class in high school, AP art history. That was, it was pretty cool. Very yeah. cool. I, I absolutely hated art history when I was on zoom. But mm. when I went in person, because the first two weeks of this year was, in, right. was on Zoom, when I went in person, I was able to actually look at my classmates, look at the teacher, have a, a connection established with what she was teaching. Mm. And I was able to connect it to the foundation that I already had uh, for historical knowledge. Um, and, you know, it was a lot cooler. You know, I still like entrepreneurship a lot more than our history, but, you know, you're always, uh, you're always going to find things in college, just like on the internet, like we were talking about before, where you have to kind of filter out certain things and, right. and you know, absorb other things. Uh, and it, as, that's why trade school is, is so awesome. Um, mm. Because it's like, you know, and not just trade school, but like old style apprenticeships. Right. Because, you know, it's direct, pure essence of what you're actually going to be doing every single day. The, the college is almost more theory. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, it's all colleges have different curriculums, different teachers, right. all that, but it, it seems like that's basically how it is. Yeah, definitely, definitely to an extent. Hmm. That's true. I mean, I think, College definitely gets better the deeper you go into it because it's more um yes for sure more like specific to what you're gonna use. But yeah, truthfully, you can learn a lot of these things yourself. It's just you for some jobs you actually need a right the qualification. So of course, yeah. And yeah. you know, there's other benefits, love, social but... and otherwise. Yeah, because for me, I, I don't like classes in college, man. I cannot sit in a classroom. I'm not mm. that type of learner. Mm. See, I I took a microeconomics class. Mm. Again, I'm a, I'm a comp sci, so I took a microeconomics class. So, um, but one of the things we talked about was specifically college degrees and why are they a thing? Mm. And it was basically a certificate to show your employer that, hey, I have the basic minimum skills to look at this te technical topic or like whatever field I'm in, be interested and hardworking enough to spend four years of my life in classes and learning about this. And because I could do that, like that, that's a basic minimum to be able to get into a job. And it's, about, it's a lot more about that than specifically what you learn necessarily. Um, whereas like, someone without a, co a college degree could have the same skills as you, be able to maybe do a better job, 
but the employer would have no minimum guarantee or no guarantee that they actually are or that they actually can't yeah exactly whereas like a college diploma kind of carries that like minimum that's true like you've showed diligence and yeah it's like you weren't able to get through college Mm. so you you at least should should able to make it at this job Hmm. and of course you know having a certain amount of experience on your resume right you know it's really just about showing that you, you, you've actually been in the nitty gritty. Mm. Uh, like it's so common for, you know, business management majors uh, to get out of college and be like, Oh, I'm going to be a manager now. And it's like, in reality, yeah, you spent four years learning management, but you didn't actually do management. Mm. You know Um, of course, you know, there's sometimes you will, like there was a, my first year business 101, we had a simulation game called Biz Cafe, where you basically just run a virtual coffee shop. And, you know, as much as that was like for managing the software and trying to be on top, which of course my team was on top. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the people who were the leaders of the team, and it was small, four man groups. Um, I was the leader of my team and I had like my, my uh, assistant, like vice leader, um and but for the, those people like especially for people who have not done something like that before learning to actually have some kind of direct control over where you are in the process mm. is some of the most beneficial stuff you're ever going to get out just actual experience and luckily i i had some management experience from uh, teaching karate actually uh, for two years a couple of years ago so you know it's yeah, it's all about experience at the end of the day no 100 percent. and i was gonna say you can no textbook could like teach experience for anything so mm. like i don't know if you're studying open heart surgery it's not the same <laughs> as actually performing open heart surgery so yeah yeah that's that but um Yo, I got to bounce in, but before we do, actually, Tudor and I were talking about this, Jesse, and mm-hmm. I want your, this is a little more lighthearted because my brain's fried. Um, Understood. This, yeah, like, this is good, and you you better come back on, by the way. This has probably been one of the best things we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, hand on heart, because what's it called? Um, I'm a freaking idiot. Tudor's mm. when he's with me. It, our conversations just turn into us making fun of everyone else. Mm. <laughs> this, Love it. This has been quite good, but we actually, we might, we might make fun of you if you don't answer this right. What would you do if you got a billion dollars? Like what, what, what are your first three purchases? Um, first three purchases. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I want to diversify my wealth. So I'm going to buy uh, a large amount of index funds, probably uh, S and P 500 fund that follows the market. Um, that's very safe. I basically, you know, I can give that to my children, you know, they can give it to their children and it will compound over time. So right off the bat, that's number one. Uh, I mean that, and that's the main thing really, cause that just guarantees that's more money. Yeah. Safety that that's number one, uh, two, you know, I, there might be causes that uh, I'm vested in, like I'm Jewish. Um, so not that I'm, I have that such strong beating heart 
a calling to to go to Israel or anything, um, which I will do one of these days. I mean, I'm not going to join the IDF, uh, <laughs> but you know, there might be I might find something like that. Yeah. So, you know, if I have a billion dollars, there's room for philanthropy in there, uh, supporting my family as well. Yes. And three, third big purchase. Uh, it would probably be more investment stuff, to be honest. Bro, do you like having fun? You have a billion dollars. Well, <laughs> I mean, those are three big purchases. If I, I mean, I'm not going to buy a yacht. You know, I could. Yeah, but, but wait, why, why not? I mean... These are your first three purchases. Like, you're not even going to buy a house to live in. Yeah, I was going to say, not like, Peter and I both agreed, like, house should be in that top three, just because yeah, once you have a nice house. Like, all right, place to live, nice yeah. place to live in, yeah. then go travel, pretty much. That's and, true. To be fair, both, though. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, before you go on, both yeah. of us said we weren't going to spend a stupid amount on our house. Yeah. In the, like, yeah. million-dollar brawl park. It doesn't have like, to be a $40, $40 million sure. house. Like, sure. and I mean, because, see, that's a fun purchase that that investment can easily appreciate as long as yeah. you do your due diligence with the house. Sure. Um, to be fair, these are the three first purchases, so definitely would buy a house at some point. But in terms of housing, I'm actually pretty blessed. Uh, so I'm, I'm good already with that. Oh, swear. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's not, that's fair. You're different. Then, yeah. Um, that being said, yeah. Uh, I've always, you know, I'm a business guy. I've been into like a lot of different elements of whether e-commerce or real estate or whatever it is I'm interested in at all. Um, so, you know, good old fashioned, get a duplex or a triplex, rent that out, get a long-term home, you know, a billion dollars is a billion dollars, but, you know, I definitely don't want to be one of those people uh, who's basically taken by, by mm. the money. Um, oh, that's that, yeah. that happens. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, granted, a house is pretty good. Get a go-kart, yeah. you know. Get you know five hundred thousand dollars worth of rockets. You know, fire them off. I was gonna say one thing I would do with my mansion. I'd get a little. Uh, I'd get a little like, um, not mini golf, but like mm. I, I'd get like a putting range type of thing. Mm. So I can mm. work on my short game, like at seven in the morning if I wanted to. Yeah, so, you're a golfer. I want to get into golf more, man. I've been watching a lot of golf recently. Well, yeah, you're in masters. Just you're fine. You guys are finance and business majors. Like, how are you not into golf? My That's grandfather. That's like a basic request. I like golf. My grandfather was huge into it. No, no, yeah. golf is okay. I, I mean, I've I've only been to. Uh, I've done a lot of mini golfing. I really like mini golfing. Yeah. I haven't done proper full field. Uh, golfing but i've also done the like the batting cage version of golfing mm. oh, oh like the driving range yeah 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 um, i love the range dude the range is fun but uh now that you brought up golfing something that is connected to me beyond money beyond you know philanthropy or you know some bullshit like that uh it would be uh something i want to do i want uh to run a mushroom farm uh and I just love cultivation. Um, so get a mushroom farm, one. And two, I want to open up a dojo. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, maybe build some schools because that's always, you know, good points. You got a nice I, guy here. 
Well, you know, if you have a billion dollars, you have a billion enemies. So, you know, gotta do something. That's right. yeah, that's fair. I would definitely I, I feel like I, I would do the whole like going in going to Africa <laughs> and uh <laughs> like picking out a village and like uh, building them a well and like some yeah. solar panels or whatever, and just yeah. like make the life easier. Do that at least once. Yeah, and I mean there's like socially aware stuff you can do, you know. I just I wanna be you know all around decent decent you know billionaire because you know why not I respect that bro not too many exist even i thought bill 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 gates was clean for a while but he was out here cheating so mm-hmm. bro bill could yo dude, dude I... did you know that recently bill gates became the single largest like farm land landowner yeah. in the united oh, yeah, states i saw yeah. this yeah, it's scary. I mean, you know, that that brings up a whole new can of worms. That's a that there's a lot to spread yeah. on there. Yeah, but yeah, bro, Bill's wild. I think ever since the divorce, he's just been on a mad one. So, <laughs> <laughs> wifey's been holding him down and stuff, keeping him in place. But yeah, yeah. I mean, may, maybe that is what it is. He he is known to be like very ruthless business wise. Like mm. he straight up. He straight up would tell would tell people that he met, just don't tell me anything I can use against you because I will. But that's that's why he's so good though, man. It's like, just he needed to do what he needed to do regardless of who's in, in his way. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. a lot of you know people at that level of wealth and power who have cultivated and basically an entire industry behind them. Uh, I mean, Microsoft is like a company, right? right. It's like, I mean, it's like a country, yeah. you know, uh, you know, they tend to be some level of like, you know, uh, sociopath in a way. Yeah. Because you can't, can't make it without being one. I mean, the, the whole theory is like, you know, push down other people to elevate yourself. Um, I think our generation is in a way, trying to evolve beyond that. Well, the th- I would argue the thing is just using any mm. method you can to win the game. If the game is to have more money, or to drive out the comp, or to drive out the competition to grow your own company, that's true. But there are things out there, like things that have been personally inspiring to me. Uh, First off, mm. I want to plug a podcast. It's already an established podcast. Am, am I good to? Let's go for it. Okay. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Do what you want. Yeah. There's this guy out there. Uh, he works for M- NPR. His name is Guy Raws. Guy Raws runs the podcast How I Built This. And mm. he just has on startup uh, founders. Like he'll have on the founder of Airbnb, the founder mm. of Uber, or the founder of Instacart. Uh, well, one of the things I saw was that he had the founder of the Leatherman on, the Leatherman multi-tool. And one of the things that that guy said, I forgot his name, is that he really wanted to do something that didn't monopolize the global supply. Mm-hmm. He wanted to produce something that actually provided genuine real value to people. And the Leatherman does. It doesn't monopolize the supply really at all. You know, it's not like he's an oil tycoon, um, but he's created something that's now extremely valuable. 
And that that's something that I think is inspiring at least. Interesting. It's but, gone a long way. See, the, the reason I said that you can't make it without being like a sociopath is because if you care about your employees, right? Mm. If you have that mindset, if you're not trying to squeeze every single penny, mm. then whatever product you have mm. has to be so much superior and have so much more of market edge mm. over everyone else that no one can compete. And that's not going to be true because as soon as you put your product out there, other people who don't care about keeping their employees happy, other people who don't care about not screwing over suppliers. I agree, but I also disagree. Uh, uh, hold up. I, yeah, uh, let me just finish. Yeah. yeah. So those people will either make their own version that's cheaper and they'll drive you out because they could be more cost effective. They have that like extra profit margin uh, that they could use to grow. And over time, they'll just drive you out. So that's why in order... Walmart is so like successful in terms of their profit margins to add to your point. Yes. Yeah, so that's why in order, and I'm not saying you can't be successful as a business owner without like while yeah. still caring for your employees. But if you want to make like, if you want to be amongst the richest people in the world and create a huge corporation, yeah. then you're, you're not going to get there being nice. Granted, uh, if you want to do that, paying every, you know, employee you have 200K a year is probably not the route uh, to a successful company because you're going to destroy your cash flow. Right. Um, but when I said I disagree, uh, I mean that I think especially today, there's uh, so much innovation and so much new technology and so many young people that mm. are, are incorporating and having their own ideas and angel investing is now a thing it didn't really used to be a thing but now you can go to places that are not the bank and get uh funded for right. your startup and for your ideas that there's so many unique business models uh, uh, and models of management these days that there is a lot of room for uh, non-traditional styles of, of management. You know, I, I know there's that guy who's famous for running his company and he he's famous for paying his employees really, really well. Mm. But because he's done that through the crash and through, you know, depressions and economic crises and through whatever global events or national events have happened, they've stuck through it with him. Mm. And because they respect him so much, they truly have a passion for the company, you know, and they're motivated to, to provide the right. best they can. And they're, they're not people who, if you think of a toothpaste bottle, they're not people who have been squeezed and had every ounce of their soul sucked out for the corporation's, you know, you know, own ends. Um, but they've been massaged. And it they've been rolled up, you know, and it, and the toothpaste comes out 
all the way, if that makes sense. See, I, I agree with you 100% in terms of like, you can't, I, I see this more in sports than ever. Back in the day, you can be very rough, especially with like in professional sports. Back in the day, you can say anything to a player and they'll just be like, yes, coach, and move on. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot more like you can't just be that. You can't be mean like that. Yeah. And I think in a corporate setting, you can't just be like, you're working like 50 hours a week for me. I need this, this, and this. There, ha- there has to be like incentives. There has to be like, yeah. do this project well, then maybe, you know, I'll throw you an extra few days off. But at the end of the day, I think companies measure the best the best way to get the most out of their employees Mm -hmm. by giving them the least. I think it still comes down to that principle, but it's just people in general tolerate a lot less than back in the day. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's what I saw. Like both of you are right. It also depends what industry you're in. Some industries have really high turnovers and they don't care. Like there's a, there's this new this management style, this new theory that um, I forgot who pioneered it, but basically like every year you fi- fire the bottom 10% of your employers, yeah. of your employees. That way, occasionally, that way over time, you'll end up with only like the cream of the crop mm-hmm. because the, the theory was that, um, and this holds true, of employees, 20% of workers do 80% of the work. Hmm. And that's true across the board, regardless of what we look at. Uh, But especially so in like startups and Hmm. engineering development uh, firms. And, but even, even further, even if it's like industries, where you either there's a lot of there's a lot of supply for jobs so if you take some if you take someone like amazon right Mm. it's they're famous for how they mistreat their workers in their in their warehouses and everything right yeah why they still have workers they have good they i think they have above average pay and i'm sure they have benefits and you know yeah they they have they have slightly above average pay for unskilled labor mm-hmm. essentially and they have some okay benefits and there's desperate people who will always go to them exactly yeah that's true my friend worked at amazon he worked in the freezer and mm-hmm. he would uh he's in a discord server of mine and he would just post pictures of him being completely like he'd just gone snowboarding yeah he'd enter the freezer for two hours and he'd be like, yeah, my boss threw me in there for longer than I'm supposed to be. <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah, it's it, like you said, you, you made the toothpaste analogy, right? You In industries like that, hmm. where you have a constant stream of people coming in. Yes. You, you can't afford to actually just squeeze, pe- squeeze people, squeeze the toothpaste. Because then when it, as soon as you're done with one, they quit. You get a new person in. You have a whole fresh set of toothpaste. That's true. It is annoying to train people, but for the most part, I, yeah, I I see. I agree. Yeah. Also now, again, social media plays a part in this. Um, Company culture, like, matters big time now in terms of, like, especially, like, look, companies, especially tech companies and financial companies, they want the best of the best. 
from college. So mm. these kids will actually choose where they work. It's not managers like hiring and people just like that being their only option. So if the culture is not good, it's just going to affect the hiring process too. So, well, right. But you gotta, you gotta realize that not everyone can be top of their field. Oh um, yeah. A hundred percent. I'm saying that's, this, this applies more to like the Googles and like Microsoft yeah. and Apples of the world. The Google, the Googles, the Microsoft, like the top of their field yes. will always be treated well. Mm, right. Why, why do you think Google has such big headquarters? Like with all the amenities that you could want. They need that to make sure people work for them. Like the best. Exactly. People. That's a drawing point for the best developers. And that that's how they get their, their talent. That's true. But not everyone is the top of their field. And not everyone can just afford to, to quit at any point, right? Yeah. So those are the people that get exploited because their boss knows that they have they have a need for the job. They have a need for the money to uh, feed their families. Hmm. So that those are the people that you could exploit. Yeah, it's a whole. There's a whole other long conversation to be had there. Everything you know opens up into new topics always. Yeah. But hey, this this has gone on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And Suresh, I know you have to go. Jesse, I know mm-hmm. you have stuff stuff to attend to. Mm-hmm. Um. So thank you everyone nice for listening. Nice meeting you, Suresh, here. Virtual uh, fist bump. You from Jersey? No, I'm I'm from New York, born and raised in Manhattan. Wait, where? Manhattan, Upper West Side. Oh, Manhattan. Oh, Salem. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So once again, this is Jesse. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been my pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me both. We'll be back. Don't worry. I hope so. This is super interesting. All right. So once again, keep sharing this podcast. Let all your friends know. Share day keeps the doctor away. Let your moms know too. Of course. Your moms would love us. Yeah. All right. Peace out.